0: Hello and welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined as always by Pistol. How are we, mate?
1: (laughs) Very good, thank you. Uh, Nice to hear your voice after that long absence of uh, like four days given finally Cheezo's return. So you got to have a break.
0: Yes, and speaking of Cheezo's return, I was able to tune into last Friday's podcast and I heard at the beginning he actually labeled you his best friend, Pistol. So quite odd considering that Tuesday, I, I sort of said the same thing. So, um, just a little strange. What are you What are you ranked um, this year, Pistol? Just Just out of curiosity.
1: My My rank or rank my friends between you two because I'm I'm not sure you that. Uh... No, 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 no. <laughs> I,
0: I, I won't ask you to do that. I won't ask you to do that. What's your rank in Supercoach this year? <laughs> I'd
1: rather rank my friends. Um, my rank <laughs> is uh, 202 at the moment, JB. Um, why? Yep.
0: Pistol, my rank is two hundred and two at the moment. How how can that be?
1: That was very poorly crafted, but um I no, no, continue? Continue. That two people can be uh, the same
0: rank. Well, there you go. So you and I, who both do the podcast on at the same page, are both ranked the exact same halfway through the year. So I think that pretty much spells best friends, Pistol.
1: <laughs> that was uh, a nice way to get to it. Um, maybe. Um, Maybe it's just luck and uh, you'll you'll fall
0: nah, off soon, not hopefully. Luck. Not luck, not luck. So, chizo backseat, mate, backseat. Um, <laughs> we're going to jump... That was actually a long-winded way of doing that. But we're going to jump into the round review straight away this week. And it, we're going to start with Sydney versus the Western Bulldogs. So, it was Sydney 42-point winners here and already diminishing my dreams of having a half-decent tipping year. Um, and it's Isaac Heaney at the top of the list for this one, Pistol, 131 points. Is he a viable option, trade-in option, considering he seems to be having down games with Sydney's form and with possible uh, glenja fever effects still?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, he's averaging 102, and I like Heaney as an option. Um, He's averaging 102, so obviously he can't. it's pretty obvious that he's um, a good target, but... He's got a break-even of 72 this week, so I guess um, now is probably going to be one of the cheapest that you can get him. Uh, I I don't know still if I would get him above the value of um, Lynch from Gold Coast. Um, I still think he'll average about 100, so I'm not sure you'll get too much, um, I guess, value for money um, in in comparison. It's just one of those things with glandular fever where you don't know later to the year. If they are ruled out of finals, will he get a rest, will he not get a rest... Um, Yeah, it's quite a debilitating um, illness given he said he's taking naps um, still before trainings and after trainings I think most people will sleep during the night. Um, If you take naps it's just hard to basically judge on how the rest of his year is going to go.
0: Yeah and he is still young as well so a potential rest could have been on the cards as it was. So I think he's a risky pick but he could almost be one of the highest scoring uh, forwards from now until the end of the year if he does um, avoid the rest. So He could be worth it, but at 500k, he's also a pretty big risk. Um, Someone who's not a pretty big risk, and if you didn't start the year with him, you probably should be moving heaven and earth to get him in now, and that's the all-consistent Jack McRae, 123 this week pistol. And if you don't have him, he should really be, I mean... Considering your other forward players that you have, um, it could be different per person, but Jack McRae, top of everyone's radar if you didn't start the season with him and didn't trade him in.
1: Yeah, he, he's aver- his low this year is um 84, he's averaging 104, so he's, he's at a quite a kind price, only 515k. I think um, that happens with consistency when your floor and your ceiling are, are quite similar. Um, if you don't have him, definitely now is probably the time to pounce.
0: And speaking of forwards, which is what this whole entire episode seems like, it'll go. It's going to be, Dowhouse, one hundred and three this week. Four hundred and seventy-five k could be the cheapest you'll find him at for the season. Pistol.
1: <laughs> Again, surely if you don't have, you have to have one of these three in your forward line. Otherwise, I've no idea what you're doing. But all of these players are great options. I'm sure most people have them anyway. So there's not really too much to discuss.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, thirty-seven disposals. Three tackles, two marks, two free kicks for only one against, and a goal pistol. Surely that equals a 150-point score. JPK was held to 101. Considering that, considering those sorts of numbers only relishing that sort of score, how much of a trading option should he be for those considering him along the same vein as um, Joel Selwood, Hannah's even, Zorko, people that have already had their buy?
1: I think we did mention on the previous podcast that he's putting in big numbers and his super coach points aren't massive um, I think JPK's uh, a tier lower than the Joel Selwood Dusty um, type players but um, JPK's still a good option he's quite good value as well 546k um, let's not get into his score debate uh, we did put up a post that Champion Dieter tweeted after the game, um, you can go find it it's comparing JPK and bontempelli's scoring breakdowns, it was very informative JB, you could see uh, all sorts of different scores um, and, and how the scores are added up I think uh, it offered a lot of insight so if you missed it I'd definitely uh, check out that post
0: Yeah, Bontempelli did seem to make up a lot of ground in the defensive effort with 11 tackles I think he made up 40 points there alone um, not just tackles though it's the 1% as the spoils um, all the things that Marcus bonson maybe doesn't get recognized for when he really should. Um, Dan Hanbury 101 this week as well. Franklin, 95. So a lot of our players are just ticking over nicely. Jake Lloyd had a good final quarter at 92. And Pistol, we could see him... He'll get down to 400k. He could dip below 400k. How insane would that value be if you don't have Jake Lloyd?
1: Yeah, Lloyd just presents amazing value at this stage. I mean... He's probably going to drop to around maybe, I think, 400k is probably fair. Um, And if you don't have him, he's just been so consistent for the entire season. You really need to get him. Just find a way. Even Tom Stewart. Can you believe this? Tom Stewart to Lloyd will cost about 70k. Like, how's that for an upgrade, JB?
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable value. And if you're unlucky like me and got him in just before his head knock, it's like listening to a chalkboard being scratched it's torture every time you see Jake Lloyd's going to be 400k Um, so just crazy value for those who don't have him Um, now's obviously not the time to trade him in unless you desperately need that 18th player but he's got quite a bit more money to lose before you can actually uh, jump on him Nick Newman's another one pistol 89 if you still have him how much of a rush are you in to trade him out especially if you're someone that has him and Shaw in the same team
1: I mean that's a pretty interesting one I think you are able to hold Newman for a little while longer He he's just scoring so well I mean he hasn't even given you really a reason to trade him at this stage I mean who, who are you going to trade him to um, I think that that's the real question I, I would trade him to Lloyd because I think that's definitely a 10 points per game increase um, but there's not many people like obviously if you don't have a Doherty um, that's someone that I would certainly certainly target but um, given this week Adams and Laird have a bye there's not that many people that I'd be really willing to trade Newman to um, so even Heath Shaw in his current form I, I feel like he's still the jury's out whether or not he's going to be a good enough D6 I mean he, he, he scored well two weeks in a row but that doesn't uh, define the whole season so um, yeah I think you, there's no, you're not forced to, to trade one of them um, but there is somebody that did score extremely poorly um, in the first game Jason Johannesson scored 21 points, Um, not injury-affected. He just got nine touches and pretty much uh, tagged so well that he couldn't get near the ball. He's 420K now with a break even of 136. So he's probably going to bottom out at about 380. Um, He did have a 90 average before this um, 21. Do you think he could be a good maybe D7 loophole? Maybe if you had a Newman um and you didn't want to upgrade Newman, maybe you could loophole Johanneson and Newman in a D6, D7 combo or something like that, JB?
0: Yeah, if I had the trades, that that would be an amazing setup to construct. Um just those two look like they um they have the potential to go back and forth with good scores. You can pick their matchups and and just really try to loophole them both and pick the the better of the bunch. What worries me is that Johanneson got shut down so well and it was such a talking point and it held the Bulldogs to 42. They looked so stagnant coming coming out of that back line. And they just looked, they didn't look like scoring, to be honest. So will other teams look to that as a potential shutdown option, like cut the head off the snake type of deal pistol?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's probably likely it gets more attention in the future, just as uh, the player that we're going to talk about, I think, in uh, the next game, in the Adelaide St. Kilda game, um, may as well jump into that JB uh, and that's uh, Rory Sloan um, basically they just sat on him all night and he managed to only score a very poor score of 66
0: Pistol if you didn't have Sloan at this point he's going to be so cheap and we know how well he can play if teams don't tag him but is he even an option anymore considering how poorly he does whenever someone goes near him because Every game that someone's announced that they're going to tag Sloan, he just does poorly. And before this game, every team that's done it has been successful on the scoreboard as well. It looks like more teams are going to try and do it, and it doesn't look like he can cope with it to the point where he can even score low tons with that tag.
1: Yeah, it's a very sad situation. They completely stifle him. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think he'll be a top 10. Um, midfielder but if you really want the best of the best maybe a lot of people at this stage find themselves with a midfielder or two in that top 15 range instead of um, top 10 range Um, I think there could be better options about maybe um, someone from the same buy, you know a Lockie Neal but even I'd consider um, somebody maybe like Zorko to, that could possibly outscore Sloan for the rest of the year and there's a cheaper price there's um, you know you've got to consider other players as well like Bontempelli, um at, at only 525k there's yeah definitely Sloan at 594 I know he's going to drop down to cheap but there's a reason, and it's because as soon as he gets tagged, he scores badly, and um, I don't hate having him, but at the moment, I can't say I'm the biggest uh, Sloan advocate.
0: <laughs> yeah, and two more around that price range even are Joel Selwood and Hanbury. so they're both going to be around the 600k mark in a week, and, I mean, if you're tossing them all up, do you go for the, the price of Sloan, who will be a lot cheaper, or do you just lock in a premium that can actually handle a tag? So a lot of people will be tossing up tossing that up this week and especially next week when Sloan comes off his bye um, looking at this game in more detail Rory Led 134 now there were some places out there advising to trade out Rory Laird could you believe it um, after a couple of bad scores considering he was getting sat on a bit this guy is the real deal and if you don't have Laird then um, just look to lose quite a few matchups going, going into the future he's such an amazing backline option
1: yeah, no, fantastic. I mean, it's great that this year we've got all these defenders averaging well above 100. But yeah, lead averaging 106, has a break-even of 109, so you won't get too much cheaper. 515k, if you don't have him, grab him after his buy.
0: And speaking of defenders averaging over 100, Dylan Robertson was another one in this game. And although St. Kilda got a little whipped, Robertson was still able to put together 83. So um, someone that has a very high... Um, a very high floor in which he doesn't score very low at all pistol Um, at 522k looks like he's going to drop a bit this week with a, a decent size break even I think it's 135 is he the type of player that if you were stuck with 17 players and you had Heath Shaw you would look to upgrade Shaw to
1: yeah, I think so. If you, if you don't have, uh, I guess, the other other big ones being, um, I think I would get Hibbert above Roberton at this stage. This might be a bit call, big call, but uh, the money definitely makes a difference. And obviously, if you don't have Doherty, that would be the number one target. Um, yeah, Robertson he has scored a, a bit poor recently. And I do worry that with Nathan Brown's injury, um, last year we saw Roberton had to play sort of more of a... a Big, tall defender rather than a rebounding defender. Uh, Gilbert probably has to um, step up now and, and take a key defender, and hopefully it won't be Roberton, but you never know. So I am a little worried about um, trading in Robertson this week, but we'll. Uh, I don't think there's many other options that I trust more, and especially having a defender with such a, a, a low um, floor, or I should say high floor, since he basically doesn't score badly at all. Um, it's just a massive benefit and bonus. So I think um, he's quite a safe option, but he doesn't provide great value.
0: Yeah, and they play quite a few games at had from now to the end of the season. So um, I think his lowest score at had is around that 83 mark, which he got this week. So um, if that's the worst that you're getting from your defenders, then you're doing pretty well. Um, moving past him, Greenwood was able to put up another decent score of 68. He's looking like he's going to make some serious cash for that last upgrade for us jack Steele was another one in this game who uh, just wasn't able to fire um not too much unlike sloan he only had 53 and i think people are definitely starting to question his ability to stay on their field as an f6 option is he the type of player that you would try to get um in that formerly mentioned um role that you that you said johannison would be handy in um, just as a bit of a swing man, or is he someone that you're definitely looking to cash in on and, and just upgrade him this week? I think he'll provide
1: good bench cover if you can afford to hold him. Um, if you if you don't have the trades to trade him out, I think he's fine as an F6. Really, it's it's a poor score in the buy round, which uh, isn't great, but it's not the end of the world. He does play, for, as you said, four of the next five at had, and he scores very well there as well. So um, I think Jack still will come good. I am a little bit worried. I think he had something like 55% time on ground, which is uh, incredibly low. Um, I don't know. I, I imagine that's not a tank issue. It might just be um, maybe a tactical benching or maybe it was just playing uh, rubbish. So they decided to bench him for a really long period of time. But it is very strange um, to only have 55% time on ground when you're not um, injured. So that's something to definitely um, watch in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely very interesting, and hopefully that doesn't happen again because we were really looking for him to be a trustworthy F6 um, at the very least. So um, that should pick up, though. I, I doubt he'll have many games like that. He's he, he has, he's been really consistent this year. Um, having said that, we're going to jump into the next game, which is Gold Coast versus Hawthorne and Pistol. I think this should be probably our biggest talking point this week. Gary Ablett Jr., 146 points. He's at 595K. He's obviously had his buy um, back in round nine. Is he a viable option this year for the rest of the year? Uh, Is he someone that you could genuinely see playing out the year and averaging 120 plus like we know that he can?
1: I think the uh, little master's back, JB. Um, I can kind of hear it in your voice. Are you trying to get me to convince you to trade him in this week? You're, You're seriously considering him, aren't you?
0: pistol you could tell me that he just blew his shoulder out in training and I'd still trade him in I think he's guaranteed to be in my side this week <laughs>
1: um, obviously you know what you get with Gaz um, I think this year you're going to get an injury risk every single week but you're also going to get points on the board he's just a great scorer um, as we were hammering last week Gold Coast have a really really nice run home um, especially he's got history on the board he, I think he's going to score well um but you need to keep those trades in mind and have at least a backup plan if he goes down um, if you're running low on trades he's probably not a risk a risk worth taking
0: okay so define running low if i got to full premium um and had no issues in my team so i'm talking i don't have Heath Shaw, um even nat Fife's another one who's just underperforming so i don't have nat five I've got five trades remaining. Is Gary Ablett someone that I can afford to take the risk on?
1: Five trades, uh, I I'd say yes. Um, even maybe four, but if you you're leaving you're leaving yourself with maybe three or two or one, you're running a really fine line. And obviously, there's other risks in your team. Um, talking, if you've got a rock if you've got a cruiser, um, yeah, players like that. If you don't have a proper ruck, if you've got if you're running nankin and Wits. Um, if you're if you're running setups like that and you're leaving yourself with four or five trays, you're just you're cutting a very fine line.
0: Yeah, so you have to be very cautious, but at the same time, Pistol, you've got to be in it to win it. And this man looks like he's very capable of averaging 120 plus, being a top five midfielder from now until the end of the season. You don't want to look at injuries because an injury could happen to any player. It might be heightened with some players, but it can happen to any player just as well as any player can go uninjured for the rest of the season. I think Gary Ablett is a risk worth taking, and I look mostly to the tackle count. He had 10 this game pistol. Remember when his shoulder was at its worst, and he was getting one tackle every seven and a half years? He got 10 this game pistol. I think it's safe to say he's a decent and possibly... One of the better trading options this week.
1: <laughs> you, yeah, it is a very compelling argument, and I'm certainly not against Gary Ablett, but each of their own with uh, their risk situation.
0: <laughs> no doubt at all. I'm definitely taking a, a big risk, but I think it'll he'll be enough of a POD in my in my leagues and in my ranking that it might be a risk that that pays off, and we're in it to win it, Pistol. So um, Tom Mitchell's another one who's just been um, unbelievable this year. 113 points in this game. Of 39 touches, so not ideal, but um you're not gonna turn out 113 points, are you? Even if um if he was a little cleaner with possession, it would have been 120 even one thirty plus. Jared Witz recovered from a horrible half time score to get to 107, which is just great signs for those who are still holding on to him. Um he's gone from I'll hold him until he breaks down, or I'll hold him expecting an 80 average, um, or just as cover to I'll uh, hold him to the buys because he's scoring well enough to pistol we could end up holding him for the whole season. He's been a premium ruckman this season.
1: Well, he has a five round average of hundred and two, which pretty much says it all. It's you have no reason to trade Jared Wits. Um Gorn isn't back yet. He might play this week, but at this stage, I mean, trading him out just seems when foolish when he's already played um he's, he's already had his buy and is playing through all these bye weeks. I mean that you haven't really no reason to trade out Wits.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing this year. We haven't had Goldstein dominating. We haven't had Gorn dominating, obviously. Um, Steph Martin, with the arrival of Archie Smith, might have deterred a lot of people. And we just haven't had a reason to trade wits at all. So um, I'm, just, I'm happy scoring those tons and hopefully can keep doing it from now until the end of the season. He doesn't give us a reason to trade him out. Um, Tom Lynch was a popular trading option this week and very, very highly touted on our podcast last week. 103 points, so um, just a very good start. I think the best news is for those who traded in wins, he got 103 points, Pistol, off two goals. So he gets around the ground. He had 18 disposals, 10 marks, two tackles even. Just great signs from those who traded the man in.
1: Definitely, and I hope uh, you can say we can have maybe uh, 10 seconds of silence for those that traded in the wrong Tom Lynch this week. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Pistol... Do you want to tell a story?
1: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll summarize. Uh, we did have uh, maybe an unhappy customer who, um, let's say, accidentally traded in the Adelaide Crows Tom Lynch for 116 mind you, but they're in a little bit of buy strife. Um, yeah, don't don't drink and trade, kids.
0: Yeah, that sounds like more of a don't drug and trade, kids. Time. It's hard to get those two confused. But 116, he profited 13 points from a pistol. You can't really complain too much until he goes to crap next week, which would be unfortunate. Um, Jared Roughhead, a 74 this week, and he's up to 430k. If you are still holding to Ruffhead, it's now gotten to his buy. Is it time to offload him and just count your chickens?
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, for those that managed to hold him this... This whole time, um, I was there with you riding the whole way and it was an uncomfortable and unpleasant at times ride, but we got there in the end. We got roughed to his buy, but now it's definitely, definitely time to cull him. Um, he's certainly not going to be a top forward. He's not going to be a top anything. And uh, yeah, he, he made money, which was good. Uh, we weren't sure he was going to get there, but um, he did enough and he held his price 430k. Should be a nice, easy trade to a premium in any line.
0: Yeah, guys, he's barely even a top roughhead, so um, it's probably time for him to go. Um, We'll jump into the next game. That's a bit harsh. He's he's actually a pretty good player. Um, We'll jump into the next game, Brisbane versus Fremantle. Um, Brisbane were able to get a hold of Fremantle this year, um, and that's saying, well, this year, this round, that's saying quite a lot because Brisbane aren't the best team going around. But Dane Beams, 146. This is another case of if you were able to hold them In this instance, you're reaping the rewards. He had 36 disposals, 8 tackles, 5 marks, and a trademark Dane Beam's goal. Is he... I don't want to get too crazy here, but considering his injury history, is he a sly trading option as a point of difference, or are we not going near him?
1: (laughs) I mean, he's still in 20% of the team, so I'm not sure he's going to be much of a a POD, but he does have a three-round average of 135 and looks unreal, I don't know if you have traded him out. I mean, can you really suck up your pride and trade in Tang um, Beams? He's not even that cheap at five fifty two dollars 52 now. Uh, he looks good, but that injury risk is just always there. Uh, it's hovering over his head, and most people, as soon as they got a sniff of an injury, traded out Beams. And look, as I said, that trade situation, you got be, you got to be careful. Um, if you want to do it, go for it. I don't think he's a bad option, but he's certainly way too risky for me personally.
0: Yeah, you gotta sum up risk versus reward and Dane Beams hasn't been able to string too many games together without getting injured lately. So I think he's I think he's slightly riskier than Gary Ablett, dare I say it. So um i yeah, 50k difference. I'd i st- I'd still be going the great the little master over Dane Beams this week. Dane Zorko um is someone who's just been impressive all year, 129 points this week. And you could almost, you could pretty much compare him directly to Lockie Neal, 125 points this week, who's on his bye. Um, very similar scores, very similar players in which they're just very consistently good for their team, although their taking is bad nine times out of ten pistol. Who would you be taking if both of these were off their buy?
1: Oh. Um
0: <laughs> It's a tough question, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's a
1: very tough question. Um I <laughs> I didn't have an answer for you actually. Um I um I'm I'd be on the fence. I mean, Lockie Neal has been um unreal this season obviously averaging 114 um he he looks like he'll he'll average 115 for the rest of the season and he's at a very kind price as well um blocky neil (laughs) it's a great question um can you go wrong jb i'm not sure
0: no i think this is the type of scenario where you just pick your preference and they're both going to be great picks and decent points of difference as well because they both fly well under the radar i don't think they will anymore but um, both of them are cheaper than your, your Hannahs and your Selwoods as well. So something definitely to look hard at because they're, they're both just excellent options. Um, Stefan Martin was able to score 112 with Archie Smith in the team, which is great for those who own him. Maybe good as well for those who still hold held on to Sanderlands um, and might be wanting to trade him now. I think um, a big part of this game was Barrett, 97, Barry 84, Um, Luke Ryan 87 just a lot of the rookies uh, really stood up this game pistol
1: yeah that's great they just uh, keep on making the cash and it's been a hard year with that cash generation so if you can get little bits just a a couple more k out of these cash cows then you'll be a very excited person Um, especially I'm guessing at the end of uh, the conclusion of round 13 when most people are going to end up culling uh, the barrets and berries of the world
0: Yeah, we're definitely, we're literally milking them to the the very last opportunity, these cash cows. Um, Tom Rockliffe, only a 92 on his return um, game. A lot of people had him captain, including myself, Pistol. Um, Fairly disappointed with the 92, but what can you really expect in a return game from somebody who's just done a, a decent shoulder injury? So hopefully he bounces back next week. Um, we're going to bounce into the next game, one that I um, I wasn't able to see. I'm pretty sure I ended in a 0-0 draw. That's Essendon versus Port Adelaide. And Zach Merritt is another player that needs to be thrown into that same conversation as Dane Zorko and Lockheed Neal, whereas they're a little bit of a point of difference, a little bit cheaper than the, the Uber premiums, but... Cindy was having great years and 135 from zach merritt in this game should be no surprise to anyone is he another one of those trading targets
1: no he definitely is in um that same sentence as zorko and neil i think i would rather neil a tiny bit above the other two but really you can't really go too wrong and you're about 570k for all of them as well so same price um i just want to let you know that port adelaide did lose by 70 points jb
0: I thought it was a (laughs) nil-nil.
1: I hate to break your heart. Well, actually, no, I don't hate it at all. Um, Yeah, you got absolutely slaughtered, so much so that uh, from the top 11 scorers of this game, uh, only one was Port Adelaide, and there was 10 players that cracked the ton, obviously nine of them being Essendon players.
0: Hmm, interesting. Um, We'll we'll get to the last game of the round soon, and I, I think we'll have a more fruitful conversation than Pistol. Um, there wasn't a lot more relevance in this one. James Stewart was able to put together a really good score for those who traded him in. Um, and then we'll jump over to the Carlton vs. GWS game. And Sam Doherty, numere uno in defense this year. There is just no doubting it whatsoever. He is an absolute superstar pistol.
1: 144 big ones for Doherty. had a break-even of 128. People were like, I'll just wait one week and I will grab Doherty for a little bit cheaper. And he's gone up 8k. His break-even is now 87, Um, so look, he's going to smash that. He's averaging 120 in his last five. Basically, if you missed out on Doherty, if you can't get him this week, you might need to just maybe miss out altogether. It's going to be so expensive, but I would be really moving heaven and earth to get Doherty in. Um, And 116 average as a defender is unbelievable. Um, It's very rare we get defenders being able to score this high you know the the i think it was uh, the godards and uh, Hot prime hodge and stuff being able to score you know this well but is just in that level of unbelievable defenders and really yeah i i would be using three trades and spending two of them if i could to free up money and growing Doherty if if you have the trades available
0: the thing that impresses me the most is you spoke about the godards and hodge's being our, our best averaging players they played predominantly in the midfield Doherty is just camped in that back line, scoring these huge scores every single game. I genuinely am bamboozled as to how he does it week in and week out, but I had him in my team very early days, and you just reap the rewards every single week. He's a genuine captain's option pistol, so... Um, I, th- I think we'll talk about that on the Thursday podcast. But considering the lack of um, the lack of premium midfielders this week, a lot of people could be looking to him for a captain sto- score. And the next player we'll talk about is a very injury-prone Matthew Cruiser, five sixty-six k, one hundred and thirty-two this week. He's been on an absolute tear. Where do you rank him in your um, your key trading targets for Ruckman? <laughs> Well, if you ask uh, Chizo and
1: I on the Thursday podcast what we thought about Chizo, what we thought about Chizo, what we thought (laughs) about uh, Cruiser, we said do not get Cruiser uh, because his body is probably going to break down. And then he came out and scored one hundred and thirty-two and made us look silly. I still think that Cruiser. I don't know how you can trade in somebody that pretty much averages fifteen games a season. Um, He's only missed one. Obviously, that doesn't mean he's going to miss for the rest of the year. But he's he's played so many seasons of, you know, sub-16 games. Uh, I'm just like, if you want to take that risk, go for it, but have a trade, have a backup plan available. Um, he's probably not going to be cheap but for a few weeks at least. His break even's only 54, um, and now he's averaging 106. To be honest, I think you you may as well wait for Gorn at this stage. Um, Gorn's probably in the mix for this week, maybe, I'd say, yeah, has a high percentage chance of playing, and he's going to be cheaper than Cruiser after one match. And if you had to pick between Gorn and Cruiser. Uh, I think the choice might be a little bit obvious.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think Gorn's the go-to at this point. Um, If you're going to trade someone in, you might as well wait the extra week. Um, And although Cruiser has been great, you would have had to have picked him at that lower price point to be really reaping the rewards. Um, And we're going to go past him. Green was able to put together 103 this week, which is very, very decent if you've still got him, Um, which... I don't know why you wouldn't I suppose if you traded him out for that suspension but um, he's just looking like a really good premium forward and the Wizarding World was without Voldemort because he was down taking big grabs in defence this week 100 points for Liam Jones pistol where did this come from?
1: (laughs) they said he'd been playing uh, out of position for his entire career Uh, it just comes in as an unbelievable (laughs) defender 319k (laughs) as a forward he has uh, an average of 100 that's because uh, this is his first game I wonder if he can put out back-to-back tons, JB. Would you consider? I know it's a bit massive hypothetical. Liam Jones as forward cover.
0: Josh Kelly put out a ninety-eight this week. With um, he's going at a six hundred and two K, so not a great trainer. No, Pit no, 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 no one's considering Liam Jones as cover. <laughs> Nobody. I don't. He could score a hundred and eighty-five thousand as a score this week. And guaranteed to do that for the rest of the season. Nobody's trading in Liam Jones.
1: Well, Come on, pin, Pistol would be this? a good cash cow if that were the
0: case. <laughs> yeah, he'd make a bit of cash if that was <laughs> if that was the case. No, I don't. I don't think he's an option. He got eight marks, and there were eight of the eight of some of the best marks you actually see, um, and a lot of spoils. But I don't think that's sustainable for Liam Jones, Pistol. Uh,
1: well, let's let's talk again. Uh next week and see how he goes and we'll see if you'll eat your words if he he scores a big ton
0: I'll eat my hat is what I'll be doing if he scores a big ton. I'll look forward to <laughs> um, it. <laughs> yeah. Josh Kelly with just the 98 this week. Um, his stats didn't all that bad. 29 disposals, 10 tackles. So if you traded him in as a bit of a point of difference, I wouldn't be too upset. He still looks like an amazing player. Just had a really quiet last quarter. He was good for the rest of the game, and that probably affected his score the most. Heath Shaw, 95, but uh, opposite to the player that I just spoke about, had a very, very good last quarter. So... Um, racked up quite a bit of pill very late on. Mark Murphy, only 86 pistol. He's come to a bit of a stall. Is he the type of player, if you were ranked highly, you would look to in the same light as Fife as a potential trade-out option due to form?
1: I think I'd keep him um, above Fife at this stage. But look, he's got a five-round average now of 103, um, which is much lower than the season average of 111. He's probably almost peaking now, well, I mean, he had peaks. He's actually dropped in price, but um, at 530k, he, he's given you enough value now that I think, um, if you do have the luxury trades, you could try and uh, grab somebody who's probably going to average 115 for the rest of the year. I'm not too sure Murphy's going to average, you know, 111 from here on
0: out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and it was Carlton taking that one against their their father club for for all it seems. Um, And on to the next game, Pistol, I didn't actually catch the result of this one. I'm pretty sure it was a closey. Were your boys able to get up against Melbourne in this one?
1: Oh, dear. No, uh, let's not talk about the result of that game. I was there. It was uh, a bit of pill to swallow. But I'll tell you who did manage to swallow pills. Well, that came out completely wrong. Uh, We'll start start that one again. Who took the biggest grabs that you'll see, uh, multiple, in the same game? Uh, That's what I meant by swallowing the pill grabbing the pill marking the pill i'm going to stop saying pill jeremy howe took massive screamers on his way to 125 super coach points he's only priced at 467 he's played 12 matches he has six tons break even of 45 i think he's massive value jb he's averaging 95 now would you look to get him after the buy
0: I think the key words there are after the buy because a lot of people are struggling this week with the round 13 buy and a lot of people are finalizing their teams this week. So um, when you put him in the same light as Hibbert, I think I prefer Hibbert um, as the better pick. But if you already have Hibbert and you're looking at Jeremy Howe versus Robertson, maybe you can afford to get another round 13 buy this week or um, even next week whenever you might trade him in. I think you're right, he does provide really good value but I also think it's very risky considering 10 marks in this game I'm going to go out on a limb and say at least 5 or 6 or 7 or 8 or 10 of them were contested that's a big part of his score if someone tries to clamp down on him um, maybe chucks in the occasional legal block in a marking contest I'm not sure he's able to hit those massive scores pistol Um, take your Collingwood glasses take take your scarf off for a second do you think he's a genuine trading option?
1: Yeah, of course I do. He has a five-game average of 98.2 and a three-game average of 98.3. So he's just uh, been consistently good lately, and I think uh, there's no reason why he can't average 95 for the rest of the year. You don't. The only way that he'll uh, stop being able to take those big intercept grabs is if he has to play as a lockdown defender. But we have too many players in the Collingwood uh, squad, I guess that can do that. I mean, not particularly well, but they are. Uh, their their role is to do that. So. <laughs> Um, I don't think um, his role is going to change anytime soon, so I think he he does provide excellent value, and also you get the thrill of watching him take these massive uh, marks.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm pretty sure we all witnessed Mark of the Year um, when he jumped, and and then pretty much got on the player's back and then jumped again to take that mark. So just unbelievable stuff. I genuinely and excuse the obvious pun, I don't know how he does it honestly. Um, 19 disposals pistol 4 marks 11 tackles 53 hit outs that spells a pretty good score but Grundy was only able to get up to the 116 another player where he could be stifled by a second ruck but when he's at his best pistol he's one of the highest scoring ruckmen is he an option when considering getting rid of Sandy or Wits?
1: He is quite uh, priced generously, I'd say. 496k. Um, I think the reason why his score wasn't even higher was because Melbourne decided they would just shark his hitouts, and basically every time he would get a hit-out and Melbourne would win the clearance, which was a lot in the third quarter, um, he actually loses points. So that was their genuine tactic and I think basically he was um, a victim to that and didn't score you know, 150-plus, even though his stats read like uh, someone that should have scored that big. Um Again, i just wait for Gorn. I just think Gorn is a 10 points at least per game better ruck than any other option this year. So, um, look, Gorn's probably going to bottom out at about 510, 520k. Grundy is 496, so if you do want a cheaper option, um, that's probably Grundy for you. But for the sake of, you know, 14 to 20k and maybe an extra week or two, I think Gorn's, Gorn's your best bet.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, Adam Trelaw obviously, um, quite obviously back now, 107 points in this one. Um, There's always a lot of talking points in this game, so we try to get through them as quickly as possible, but you get caught up on every second player in a Collingwood team. Is Trelaw a genuine trading option? I know he's got that hard buy, but if you could do it, if you could get away with making your last midfield upgrade the week after this one, would he be in the same conversation as those Niels, JPK, Hannah Zorko, Uh, Dusty, all those players that we spoke about earlier
1: Ooh, that's a big call Um, I don't think so (laughs) Um, maybe uh, there's the opposite Collingwood glasses on here but uh, just at 583k I know he has a 5 round average of 115 but we saw what happened early in the year, whilst I don't think that in particular is going to happen again I think um, he'll probably end up with about 100. 10 average um, which is good enough but when you're comparing to the Selwoods and uh, the Dusties, I think they're just a bit safer options um, and basically at the same price and even Neil who's cheaper I think I would rather get him than the than Trelaw. but I don't think he's a bad option um, at this time of the year.
0: Yeah there are a few players that I've definitely put above Trelaw, but um, I think you are underrating him a little bit. He, he can go huge in games that um, Colin would are competitive in and He's all, With his speed and his he's, he's he's breakaway from the pack, he, he sets himself up for so many goals and or makes great decisions um, when entering the 50 or, or getting on the end of it um, in, in passing to a teammate. I think he's very, very clean. I think he's tidied up his disposal to the point where I'd expect he averaged 110, 115 for the rest of the season quite easily. And when a lot of people traded him out earlier in the year, that that'd be a lot sceptical... Um would be way more sceptical than some that didn't start with him. But coming in at 20k cheaper than his starting price, um, he was heavily, heavily dependent upon um early for a reason. I think he's a great trading option. And um I think he's flying under the radar due to the fact that he's got what three sub ton scores for the year, um, which I think people would exaggerate as well. They th- they think there are a lot worse just because of the fact that he got 30 disposals in those games. So um a bit of a big spill for me, but I think Trelaw's a very underrated option and someone that should be considered in in a very similar light. Um I like, I mean I I think Neil and Zorka are above him for sure, but there are, everyone else I think is just in the same category. So I think Trelaw should be considered with the rest of them pistol. Um and having said that, we'll we will move on. Um Clayton Oliver was I really am running out of words to say about Clayton Oliver this year. As a second-year player, doing what he's doing is just um, sensational, and he's going to be a, a Supercoach beast for years to come. Um, that's quite obvious. Scott Penderbury was able to save his score um, just in 22 disposals, but 13 tackles, um, 3 hitouts. funnily enough, um, was, uh, made him able to get up to that 96 mark. Um, a lot of people had him captain, so quite disappointed, but I think it was an average captain's round as it was. And then you scroll down the list quite a bit. Um, Hibbard, I think he had something like 78 at three-quarter time pistol, only finished with 83. Concerning or just one poor quarter and, and not concerning at all?
1: Uh, he only had one touch in the final quarter, I guess, when the game was on the line. So it explains his score. 83 is not too bad for a defender. Um, he looks fantastic. Um, he, he was really damaging. So I think he'll he'll still average above 90 for the rest of the year. So I'm really not too worried.
0: Yeah, I yeah, a hundred percent. Um, it, I had him as my trading option, or the player that I did trade in last week. And I said, um, I think it was at halftime that I was just really happy that I got him. And he just looked sensational coming off that half back line, and they do find him as much as they can. So Schanberg was able to just creep up to sixty nine points. Great for those who he, um, could put him on the field this week. Taylor Adams was outscored by Shannonberg by one point, only putting up the sixty eight points. Not concerning at all. He turned the ball over in crucial areas, but that was very un Adams like. I think it was just a bit of a down game for him. Um, Callum Brown with the debut, um, fifty two points. So. Not great, but actually not that bad for a debutant. He's got that mid-forward swing. Um, if you're fine with players this week, Pistol, is he someone that you'd potentially look at as a trading option, considering he could bring that swing to your team that um, some teams are actually lacking when um, when trying to move players around?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you need a DPP, the only thing I'm worried about is I, I don't think uh, it's worth risking trading in Callum Brown before he gets named for his second or third game. Um, I think his job security is very shaky um,
0: at this present time. Yeah, definitely. And um, having said that, we will jump onto um, our major talking point of the week, and that's just trades in general, Pistol. So um, I just mentioned Callum Brown. Can you think of many other rookies off the top of your head or go through as many sets as you want that are actually potential trading options this week?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. I mean, you've obviously got Luke Ryan, Um, who should be given a a third game, and he he comes in 117k as a defender, but he has a buy this week, so it doesn't really help anyone. Um, Shy Bolton, 155k forward uh, mid DPP, he probably gets uh, given a gig this week. But then again, you're trading in somebody who's probably going to score about 40. Um, So unless you're, if you have 18, um, I'm not sure it's worthwhile trading in Bolton for 19, because chances are he's going to be your 19th best scorer. Anyway, so you probably don't have much to gain by doing something like that. Um, would you trade in, let's say, a Callum Brown early rather than, in that situation, a Shy Bolton or, or someone more expensive um, just to free up some more cash? Or would you even perhaps look further and and get someone that's a 102K uh, DPP swing just to bank as much cash as you possibly can?
0: Yeah, I think it's... um. I mean, that, getting the that 102K swing um, seems like the, the more popular option this week. Um, I'm not sure why you'd spend the extra 15K on Callum Brown, especially if you already have um, Greenwood and Scooter Selwood lined up to be your um, M9 and F7. So I think you could be unnecessarily spending 15 16K, especially when money's so tight this year. Just look at your trades next week. Who are you going to make your last um, upgrades? If you're going to downgrade Barrett, upgrade Stewart, other way around. Um, just see if you've got enough. Um, I mean, 15K is actually huge at this point of the season. So, um, really consider all your options. If you can get Brown and make all your trades, then there's no point getting a, a donut swingman. Um, considering Callum Brown might be that in a few weeks, but he might um, might save you with a couple of scores every now and then as well. It's It's a very tough decision, but it's very team-based, I think, this week, Pistol. So, um, I think my first my first um, goal would just be to get eighteen players on the pitch.
1: Yeah, but then again, just remember that even if you do have eighteen on the field, it's the quality of the players on the field, not just the numbers. So if you're you have eighteen, but you've got let's say Bolton and you've got um, Parsons, probably combined for less than a hundred, um, you're still going to be uh, struggling this week. So you just yeah, it's all all about the quality. I should say. Um, we didn't talk much about uh, Myers, JB. Is it worthwhile holding uh, Myers this year?
0: No, I don't think so. Um, especially based on trading, uh, ba- based on scoring potential, um, he, I just don't think he's gonna score. He, he's got to break even of forty. He's a chance to not hit that. Um, it's his bye week this week. If he didn't have the um the required amount of players, I'd be banking him and making an upgrade with that cash um asap. I I banked him last week, pistol. So. That's how confident I was in the lack of scoring potential that he has. Um, do you have myers still do you think do you think he's someone that you could still hold on to and maybe bounce back from his uh, poor form
1: look if you don't need numbers and you you're okay with your trades this week you may as well hold myers but I think uh, if you want to bank the cash you could either look to trade in somebody maybe uh, like a freeman early i mean he, he might get a gig later in the year it's possible or just go to 102k dpp and bank the 115k and and use that cash um, i guess if i'm shouting out other names of rookies that might get a Game later in the year, you could look at maybe like a, a Willie Rioli or maybe Ben Long gets a call up at some stage of the year. Basically, um, even maybe a, a Mitch Hibber or one of the North Melbourne players could get some games late um, when their, I guess, final chances are mathematically over. Um, even Dallas Willsmore from from Hawthorn, just just players that might might play later, um, could be a good option. But really, that it's such thin pickings um, at the moment, it's very difficult to generate cash.
0: Yeah. Uh, you couldn't have explained it any better. Um, it is just very difficult to generate cash this year. And considering our premiums are actually hitting um, decent numbers, they're, they're pretty much the ones that we want at all at 600 plus K like previous years, but we just don't have that extra money to, to get them, to get a cow down, to get a cow up. So um, it's just one of those years, it's been very difficult, um, but we're, we're almost there, we're almost full premium. And I think that's why it makes it very hard to give out advice at this point because Some people might be waiting for around 13 player to come off their buy before they make their last upgrade or they're making two upgrades this week or they're trying to make a downgrade this week. So um, it's very player specific. If you do have any questions, if we don't cover um, any of your um, key talking points this week, make sure you just chuck a comment on the Facebook and we'll get to it or um, email our our email drscpod at gmail.com. Um, and we'll get to all your questions. It's, it's hard to give advice this week, Pistol, because everyone's doing, um, their own thing, really.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, definitely very difficult during the bye weeks, as well as there being a Monday night game and then a Thursday, uh, game in the same week. Obviously, it does make it, uh, quite difficult for us. Um, I should say, don't forget about the Donate for Donuts this week. If you do happen to get a donut, so 17 or less players on the field, um, have some fun, pledge a certain amount to this Cancer Council charity, and if you happen to cop a donut, then donate the pledged amount per donut, Um, it is is good fun, we raised some money in round 13, no one got any donuts in round 12 unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, so there was uh, no donations this week, but uh, this week I'm expecting some people to struggle to put a full team on the park, JV, so there should be uh, plenty of donations.
0: Yeah, hopefully hopefully there are a few ones. Um, just any any amount that you can give, a, a big or small, um, it doesn't matter. Any, any number is a good number. So, um, yeah, it's a great cause, Pistol, and great to see people getting around it. Um, for those who are interested in whether Brady will play or not, um, it is interesting to note that Dougal Howard, I don't know if you remember him from last year, 24 disposals, 11 marks, 8 goals, Whilst Aaron Young 36 disposals, 13 inside fifties, five goals. Um although Montfries did do a calf, Brett Eddy was only able to kick one goal, three for the for the match. So it doesn't look like he's gonna get a call up. I wouldn't be counting on him this week. Um Brody, Will Brody from Gold Coast, if you traded him in early for coverage over the buyers, he was able to get thirty disposals, but I think he's unlikely to get a call up. Um Mitch McGovern was good with four goals, four marks, thirteen disposals I think that means Beach goes out of the side this week. Um, and Sterndicker pistol, game-winning goal. Does he come in? or
1: <laughs> If only he could come in for kicking the game-winning goal. No, I uh, don't think he's a chance at all. But um, <laughs> there is uh, some news today with uh, Ed Vickers-Willis out for six to eight weeks with an injury. So that is quite um, significant rookie news. You have to trade him if you've got him. Um, might open the door for Mitch Hibbert. So, fingers crossed, we can get a, a defender rookie um, playing throughout this, this bye week. That'd be uh, fantastic news for those needing a downgrade option or those that just held him for the entire season so far. Um, that might be a really, really good news. And also coming in today, uh, Darcy Cameron from the Swans. Some people have him as a forward ruck option out for the season. So he's one to watch for 2018.
0: Yes. Um, I think that almost signs us off, Pistol. Um, do you have any late knowledge to add
1: <laughs> late knowledge uh no just uh, hope everyone manages to escape this buy round uh in one piece and improve your ranks
0: yeah 100 percent. and like you said earlier um trading from 18 to 19 for the sake of a shy bolton probably not worth it i think you should save your trades guys and save your cash um and that'll sign us off for the week um make sure you check us out on facebook uh chuck a chuck a comment on the the main post there We scroll through those daily, so you'll get an answer to your question, um, whatever it may be. Um, Make sure you check us out on iTunes. Give us a rate there. It really helps footy fans find the podcast. SoundCloud's another one where if you leave a comment, we'll be checking that consistently. We are on Android, um, which I think we became uh, aware of a couple of weeks ago. Cheezo set that up behind our our backs, that sneaky guy. Um, And that sums us up. Pistol, thank you very much for joining us, mate. (laughs) No worries.